Welcome to Inside the Markets with John McLeod. Each program, we will bring you insights from top leaders in business, real estate, politics, and more, with the hope that experiences will provide you with the knowledge and understanding to help make your path to success a smooth one. All right, so today, guys, we are here with Lucas Sheradden. Uh, Lucas and I met probably about two years ago, two and a half years ago at an event that Keller Williams was putting on down here in South Florida. Uh, it was a leadership seminar. And uh, I asked Lucas a very interesting question at the end. I said, you know, Lucas has got a, a very good career here with Keller. He's going to go in a little bit of detail. And I asked him point blank, said, what does it take to be a team leader for Lucas Sheradden? And uh, Lucas said to me, you need to think bigger. And I said, hmm, I didn't go home with my tail between my legs, but I did go home thinking, what did I miss? And uh, so, Lucas, let me ask you, before we get into some of the the, the boilerplate questions, sure. tell us a little bit about your career, especially yeah. with Keller Williams and what you did before then. Yeah, I, I, actually, I spent, John, I spent 20 years in ministry, and so I had traveled again, speaking publicly at uh, churches and conferences and seminars and what have you, and uh, in 2008, uh, needed to make a career change, and so uh, watched HGTV, three episodes of House Hunters that thought real estate would just be a so simple career. You you show a buyer three properties, half an hour they're under contract, and I would get that big realtor check. And so, easy, yeah, easy peasy. And it was 08, and I lived in Houston, Texas at the time, so it was like the most brilliant career move I think ever on the planet. Uh, the market was really struggling then. Uh, the oil bust was very real. <laughs> and, and so, uh, but anyway, that's, that is actually what happened. And I started out actually at, at Remax and, um, and good friend of mine, good people called him up and, and said, how do I start? He told me how to get a license. I started, told me that a balloon would help me with my business would take me above the crowd. And, and for me, uh, I only did one transaction while I was at Remax and it was four, it was $150,000 sale. I still remember it. And uh, $4,500 <laughs> was my big commission. So basically that I got out of ministry in March of 08 and until March of 09, that's all the business I did. And I, I was absolutely frightened. We were going broke. I've, I've got four kids this year. My wife and I will have been married for what, 34 years. And so, um, you know, behind every good man is a very surprised woman. She's like, what have you got me into? <laughs> and and uh, then I joined Keller Williams in March of 09. Okay. And, and in nine months did 32 transactions uh, versus the first, you know, year basically doing one transaction. Do 32 That's transactions. What happened? This is kind of off script here, but what happened to go from one over a 12 month period to one a month? Or more. I think, yeah, there's that's a multi-layered answer, which is a brilliant question because what happened really is I let myself be stupid. Instead of doing this and saying, oh, that's not my personality or, oh, I, I, I'm a relationship guy, so I'm not ever going to door knock or cold call or anything. I mean, my fundamental problem, John, was I was a pastor. The only people who had ever known me since I was 16 knew me as a pastor and I made a decision when I got into real estate, I wasn't going to touch my sphere of influence because that felt just really unethical and weird and a conflict internally. So what does somebody at 40 years old do when all they've ever done is pastoring and I won't touch my pastoral background? You start with no database. And I was, I remember feeling the despair, the discouragement, waking up in the middle of the night, panic attacks, and literally like, what do I do? So when I came to Keller Williams, I I decided whatever they tell me to do, I'm just going to do, even if I don't like it, even if I'm uncomfortable with it. 
And so they said, you're going to do an open house. Well, I had heard at Remax that open houses don't work. And so I go, well, why would I do an open house if they don't work? Well, you're not doing them right. You're, you're there not only to help the seller sell that listing, but you're there to pick, up, to pick up prospective clients and to get to know all the neighbors. So I knocked on 20 doors in front of every open house. I did four open houses every weekend. And what changed was I just let myself get stupid. I called every for sale by owner and built relationships with them. And I learned that in order to build a big business, when you lead generate, you come from a position of, of contribution. And when, when I say that, what I mean is I wake up every day, I'm going to call enough people to find out who can I be a blessing to today and help them with the real estate needs. It's not about me finding a deal. It's about me answering their prayer and be a blessing in their life. And when I had that mental shift and I allowed myself to learn a trade that I wasn't ever good at, I didn't know how to do real estate sales before. And nobody comes up to the real estate offices. I need two of those. You know, nobody comes to you and <laughs> places in order. I, I was able to succeed because I learned early on in this business that you have to make being learning-based the foundation of all success is I don't know what I don't know. So quit acting arrogant, quit acting fearful, and quit acting condescending and pushing people away that are trying to help. You know, Lucas, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for that. And I think we have the title for this right now, which is going to let you be, let yourself be stupid. Uh, <laughs> that would be the title of my, that's my life story, John. So. <laughs> when this publishes, that's going to be the headline. That's great. So, you know, Lucas, what's one of the best investments that you've made, whether it was in time, money, whatever the case is, what do you think is the best investment you've ever made? Yeah. And it was that first year in real estate sales. And it was a habit. I started then and I've continued to this day. And I own seven offices. I've been the regional director for Colorado. I ran the growth initiative for Gary Keller for a year at the company when John Davis left. It was um, in your year, uh, the, after my first year at Keller Williams, I hired a MAPS coach. And the best investment I have ever made, and I still, to this day, I have three paid coaches on my team right now. And I don't pay, here's a I asked my, I've got a sales team here in Colorado Springs and was talking to them. What's the difference between an accountability partner and a coach? And for me, a professional coach never lets me off the hook. A professional coach says, this was your goal is a million dollars, but your activities are at a hundred thousand dollar level. So we need to either change the activity or lower the goal, which is it going to be? And I hire a coach. A buddy lets me get off the hook. A buddy is supposed mm-hmm. to comfort me, take me out on Friday night. Let's go get a drink. Let's unwind. Let's let's decompress and you'll get them next week. A coach says, no, you won't get them next week. You need to get them this week. What are you going to do? And so the best investment I ever made was hiring a coach. I remember my first coach uh, helped me take that business, you know, 32 transactions. And in the course of the next year, double it. And I only worked Monday through Friday, eight o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the evenings, never evenings, never weekends. And I doubled my business. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. So what's one quirk or odd thing about you that many people may not know? Uh, you know, I, I watch, there's certain movies, my family would laugh about this, but there's certain movies that I watch on repeat. Uh, if Braveheart's on TV and I'm scrolling through, I'm watching it again. All the Rocky movies, I'm watching it again. Gladiator, I'm watching it again. Are you not entertained? I mean, I, uh, one thing is like, there are certain movies that, uh, it doesn't matter how many times I've seen them. Hoosiers, uh, Jimmy Chetwood from outside, I, 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 Rudy. I watch those movies over and over and over again. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. 
And I happen to be stuck on things like Matrix and Men in Black. So oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I get and it. I just saw that Matrix coming out with Matrix Re- uh, Resurrection. So there's the fourth Matrix movie coming out, yep. which I'm super excited about. Yeah, my wife, my wife already has a date with me at the movies. She doesn't know that, but that's where we're going December 22nd. They're so romantic. They're so, romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so what habit do you have that that most positively affects your life and your mindset? Yeah. So every morning I wake up at 420. I'm at the gym by five o'clock and it's not because I'm a morning person. It's because I find found out that if I work out later in the day, there are things that might interrupt my day. Nothing mm-hmm. interrupts you at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, and, the, and honestly, when my feet get out of bed at 420 in the morning and I'm not naturally a morning person, I used to joke around that if God wanted me to see the sun come up, he'd put it later in the day. And so that, <laughs> that's just the way that I am. Um, but when I get out, when I got out of bed this morning, victory number one has been scored for the day. And the sun has a new because I got out of bed. Awesome. And I went to the gym and then I come home, shower, uh, and I journal for about 30 minutes of affirmations. I do that every day. I've done that for probably seven years. Awesome. Thank you. Now, what bad advice do you most often hear in your profession? Yeah, I, I, I hear the bad advice. It, it may not be advice, but it's, well, that's just not my personality. And it, it's like, when we come to like real estate and lead generation, and especially if you're starting with no database and you don't know anybody and you have no sphere, well, you have to cold call. A lot of people will use their personality to not do that. So it's like, I'm, I'm a, well, I'm not an outgoing person. And then an outgoing person says, well, I just don't like rejection. And a high D personality of very high service says, well, that's just a waste of time. Every personality has a built-in excuse why they shouldn't succeed. So for me, bad advice is, well, you just have to be you. Well, yes, be you, but be committed to the activities that's going to fuel your success, not the activities that's going to fuel your mediocrity. Love it. Love it. And finally, what book or books do you most often recommend and why? I think Think and Grow Rich is a Standard by Napoleon Hill. I think it's that transcends time. I think most every other book is off uh, is written off of that because it's all about. I'd say that ninety percent of success is mindset. It's not skill. It's it's just how I think, how I see things. I love Darren Hardy's Compound Effect. I think that that is a, a brilliantly written book, uh, just about that. It's not about that one big home run, uh, that one magical choice that changes everything. It's usually about a series of small, seemingly you know, small decisions that you make on a daily basis that stacked upon each other, build a really big life. So I like those two books an awful lot. And of course, I I read a book of Proverbs that corresponds to the date. So today I read the 13th chapter of Proverbs. I think it's the best wisdom book ever written. Awesome. And I I agree with you. All those compound effect I love, especially painting the inside of the van white to make sure you get all the dust off of the bike chain. Simple. (laughs) Simple little things like that. You know, now, Lucas, you had mentioned that you'd been a regional director for Colorado. I know you were a team leader, uh, one of the, if not the most successful team leaders that Keller's had, and you've recently taken on a new role. What's that new role? So I now have partnered with Place, uh, which is with Ben Kenny and Chris Suarez. Uh, Place is basically what we woke up. I woke up the other day and realized that we have, I think, 70 some partners as of today with an average of three joining every single week. And the price of entry is to sell 100 or more units a year, 50 to 100 units a year. So this is the largest cooperative gathering of mega agents the industry has ever seen. And they're all cooperating, they're all collaborating to build a platform upon which dreams could be, uh, 
streams can be accessed at such a higher level. So we want everything to be in one place. And so I've actually taken on as a growth director, just started a week and a half ago with them. And I also have a sales team here at Colorado Springs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Lucas, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. And um, is it okay if I put your email address on the bottom if anyone has any questions for you? Wonderful. And also one last thing I want to mention about Place is Place is brand agnostic. Is that correct? That is correct. It is not specific to Keller Williams. That is correct. In fact, we just hired the, uh, the pre- he used to be the CEO of Brookshire Hathaway. He is now the president of place. We've got Brookshire Hathaway people that are coming on. We, I think we just brought out a Caldwell banker. So this is basically any agent who is what, what there are two groups seems like, and, and I'm still fairly new. So I may mess this up. And Ben Kenny and Chris Suarez may say, you can't say that. But in my mind, there's two groups. There's one group that they've grown a really big business, but because of scales of economy, there's some systematic drag on their business. And, and most everybody we're going into business with will get to wherever their dream is. Place just helps them get there faster because together we actually have some scales of economy that really help in the coaching and the systems. Number two, it's for people who have a big vision to own title, to own mortgage, to own insurers, to own everything. Uh, basically, Ben's vision is to be the Amazon of home ownership so that a consumer could take their app and pay their mortgage to place mortgage, could close that place title, can turn on their security system with the place app. Everything in one place, which is why the name place, place.com. Awesome. Lucas, yep. again, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. You betcha. Thanks, John. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Inside the Markets with John McLeod. I hope you found this topic interesting. Each show, we will bring you intriguing and relevant commentary from the top experts here in our market. If you have suggestions for future topics or would like to be a guest on the show, please email me at johnmcleod at kw.com. That's J-O-N-M-C-L-E-O-D at kw.com.